listening to Cup of Joy with the Queen of Any right here on WrestleJoy. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Cup of Joy with your girl, the Queen of Any, right here on WrestleJoy. And I'm really excited because today is the second installment of Spoonful of Sugar, the sweet <laughs> series that I started uh, with Josh Robinson as the first guest to talk about those moments that had uh, such a profound impact on our lives and fandoms and brought us so much joy that we just have to share them and talk about them. And that's what Cup of Joy is all about, spreading that joy and love. Now, it can be a specific moment, match, event, a person maybe. Uh, It's really up to the guests. And speaking of my guests, I'm so excited to have them here. Really good friends of mine, Ashley and Rich from Dojo and Dynamite. Hi, guys. Hey, Queen. How are you? Oh, super. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Thank you, as always, so much for having us. Uh, and hello to the WrestleJoy universe. Yes, thank you guys for bringing us on and bring us, making us a part of WrestleJoy. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, super exciting. Oh, it's super fun. We've chatted before on my other shows and with other people as well on their shows. So it's super fun to bring you over here on WrestleJoy to share your specific spoonfuls of sugar. So this is fun. I get to have two, two for one uh, in this episode, which I think is really great. And I had you guys, you know, kind of think about what it was that meant something to you in terms of how I described spoonful of sugar. And I think it's super fun what you shared with me, and I'm excited to talk about it today. Uh, it's from the same thing, but different parts. So I'm really excited to to hear all about it. So since Rich's is at the, I'd say first, <laughs> let's go with you, Rich. What is your spoonful of sugar? So I would have to say, being a lifelong wrestling fan, this was the moment that got me into AEW, and it mm. really sparked the entire concept of our podcast. So at StarCast, I believe it was StarCast 2, in Las Vegas, we were in the Caesars Palace, and we had purchased gold bracelets. And we didn't know what to do with them, how to use them, what shows to go to, you know, that type of thing. So we decided we were just going to attend the the nightly event, which was uh, a night with Cody and the Bucks. And during that event, people had asked Cody, because there were some fans who were unfortunately disappointed in Cody's opponent for the double or nothing. And Cody went on to defend essentially his brother, but the things that he said about Dustin and I sat there getting excited, of course, for the show. And he had said that Dustin had come such a length in his career with almost minimal respect from the audience. He was Gold Dust, he was Seven, he was Black Rain, he was all of these characters, but couldn't really be his true self. Now, we understand that Gold Dust wanted to do this, but the respect from the audience is what he was lacking and missed. So, during this event, Cody and the Bucks, he went on to explain that all he wanted for his brother was an opportunity to wrestle in front of this audience. An audience of a packed house at the MGM Garden Arena. And how this was going to be special to pay respects to Dustin's entire career. And at that moment, it filled me with such joy, to use the word, that I could not wait for that match. 
And during the entirety of that event, all I thought about was, I can't wait for him to get the respect that he finally deserved. And the audience did not let him down. And it was arguably the greatest match I have ever seen. It connected uh-huh. me back to wrestling and to AEW, and it's what drove the podcast. Oh my god, I got a little emotional hearing you talk about that. Me, me too, uh, I'm tearing up oh, over here. Tearing up a little bit. See, this is what I love. The joy of wrestling and these little moments that turn out to be such big impacts on, on why we love the things that we love. And I think that's really cool that it means something to you on multiple levels, right? It, it drove the podcast that you do with Ashley. It drove uh, you to be re- really excited and looking forward to this match. And then getting to see the actual match live in person, like just watching it from home on my end, I was emotional watching that match. Was, I agree with you, one of the best matches I've, I've ever watched. And I can only imagine how impactful that must have been in person. So let's kind of break this all down. You know, Double or Nothing, the very first one, was such a big deal because it was their first really kind of major event as AEW. And how special was it to be paired with that star cast and then to be there live? So what was that experience like to watch them at Double or Nothing? Oh, it's it's cliche, but it, it's just indescribable like that whole weekend was it just it was perfect like being able to attend the Starcast and to watch all of these events there were some podcasts there were some shows there were some movies there were some you know state there was a weigh-in it told you so many different little stories about each individual wrestler prior to the show Starcast gave the audience the attendees uh, uh, most of the individuals who went to Starcast ended up going to double or nothing There weren't many that attended Double or Nothing that did not attend StarCast. So having them paired together and delivering stories, you know, you you talked about the the lack of confidence that Dustin had with himself. He had sat in the shelf for two years and having an opportunity on pay-per-view in a packed house. And Cody sold that story. And we had a match between Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. I believe that was on the opening, on the buy-in. And there was a weigh-in for that. And for the first time, we were being introduced to these two individuals. And it, it was such a way that we could get so up close and personal. Very, very intimate. Very intimate. That when each individual was coming out for their match, we remembered them, even if we weren't familiar. So everything felt like one giant family. Yeah. I think that's what's really special and what I don't think people who haven't gone to it know much about. Um, I went to the StarCast and All Out combo in Chicago. So it's very interesting in the atmosphere. Everybody's just there to have a really good time and enjoy being a wrestling fan. And the wrestlers are there to enjoy all the wrestling that surrounds the event as well as the main you know, AEW event as well. And I, and I think the word intimate is really right. I've never felt as a fan more uh, accessible like to the product that I'm supporting. I've never had that type of access before. You can get it with places like WWE, but you pay an enormous amount of money. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> the StarCast prices are very high, but I feel like the things that you can get out of it 
makes it worth the money. And there's varying levels. Of course, you don't have to go to the top tier. But I think that intimacy and that accessibility is something unique to StarCast and unique to AEW themselves as a product, as a roster, as an experience with all of the events. I've been to a few now, and you've been to all of them. <laughs> so that's really cool, the major ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That, that's, that is the sheer willpower of Ashley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's me. That's all on me. <laughs> but I, I imagine that feeling of that intimacy and, and closeness as a fan, you, you have that really cool relationship with AEW. And I imagine now that you've been to so many that that, tra- uh, you know, that follows you to each event. I don't think that that's changed. Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm missing it right now with yeah. everything that's, that's going on as, as I'm sure we all are, but um no, like like you said, it's that family-oriented feeling. Like I've said it before on our show, being a part of the live events, it's it's like we're we're in this together. Like we're the supporting cast to the program they're putting on, and and everyone's there to have a good time. And it's it feels like a group effort. And I know that probably sounds like kind of silly, but it's really one of the coolest things I've experienced in wrestling and, forever. And, and we've never had a poor experience with the people who sat next to us. We had such mm. emotional connections. You know, when we watched, we went to All Out, and there was a moment where uh, Pentagon got his mask taken off. Right. And the individual sitting next to us was so, was a young, he was young, and he was so connected to the fact that Matt Jackson had done that to him. He was and so angry. so upset because he said, you know, he's never going to be allowed to, to wrestle in AAA again because his mask came off. And he was so upset because he, you know, he believed so strongly into what was happening. And it was such a great moment, even if I wasn't, you know, having a conversation. It was just to, to watch it unfold, well, you to even, know that each individual is sharing all of this together. You everything even commented that doing. to him, though, when the Lucha Bros won, like he's, Penta was like, I'm going to kill him. And you're like, that's he's going to get him back. And. You had that moment of... I wanted to throw him a little support. Yeah, but. he was really upset. <laughs> he was very upset. And I, I remember when he did take Matt Jackson out, I guess you could say, when they did win that match, uh, he, he was very excited. But everybody shares these these different aspects, and you just kind of appreciate, because I was that one sitting there, you know, trying not to cry, watching the <laughs> Dustin match. Oh, I bawled my eyes out on the couch. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being there in person. <laughs> I would have been a, a whole mess. <laughs> But in such the best way, and and I think that's perfect because I want to ask you about what it was like to see this match in person. The I've never seen a match that has everything, just the with in terms of the presentation of it, the build up, the conversations that they had, the promos that they cut, the way that they had the video packages for it, and the actual like ending an era, right? Dustin represents the older attitude era time and, and Cody's the new era and coming together as brothers and all of their sorted history and like all of that in one ring <laughs> for AEW. And there was blood everywhere and it was so emotional from top to bottom. I, I, I still to this day get goosebumps when I think about it and I go back and watch it frequently because of how amazing I think it was. But in person, you have to tell me your reaction. This is this this is this is all you. I know you said you're like you were fighting back tears well, in in the arena. We had attended this event with a couple of our friends, so sitting there and crying in front of your friends is never something that you you know you kind of get a little embarrassed. But 
you could look around and I could tell with some of my, you know, macho friends that they were also <laughs> doing the same thing. And I had never seen some of them do this before. And I realized the impact of this match on everybody. And I think that when you watched it, those vignettes that they played on the road twos to build mm. this story were so well crafted. They were so well done. They built this intensity without even having to have interaction. Yeah. And there was another moment right. during the same star cast where it was, I think it was post it was post. And they had talked, Dustin had talked about what went into building this Oh, match. he did the interview the next day, I believe. Yeah, He did. And he had said that he was willing to hype it up, let's talk about it. And Cody said, no, we did enough. Trust me. And just that, just enough. They didn't go over the top. They didn't oversaturate it. So you were left kind of expecting something great, but not knowing what you were going to get. And I think that it delivered so much. It delivered so much. In terms of emotion, it delivered so much in terms of intensity. And the blood, I think, added so much to it. Because if you think about it, in a sense, that's his sister-in-law who just hit him with a cane. Right. This is supposed yeah. to be. And DDP came out to take her away. And that's, again, these are all family members. The They're dusty all connected. Chance. And Those the dusty chance me. that got Ashley. Oh. And everybody, I believe in the audience, if they didn't even know what they were getting into. It was the perfect spot on the card. People weren't burnt out. They were ready. They were warmed up. It was, it was, you couldn't have written a better story. I think it was one of AEW's shining moments to this day now, uh, and probably moving forward will be one of the absolute classics of their, you know, footage, <laughs> their streaming service someday when they have a, a network that we can go to and watch old AEW matches. That has to be in, in the, the top five best of all time. It just needs to. It was so emotional and, and we were all so invested, whether we were there or at home. And the aftermath, the speech that they gave and, oh, Cody, man, he knows what to do with the mic. I tell you what, <laughs> but he it was so great in that speech when he said, you know, I, I need a, I don't need a friend. I need a brother. I need my brother. And we we're all emotional and we're covered in blood. And they, they go off into the backstage area. And I just thought that was like a perfect half an hour. <laughs> I feel like it'll never get part. topped. That, that was the toughest part because brother. one oh. of the things that the ca- we've watched it so many times also. And that's one like match that literally like each time you watch it, it just gets better. It just gets better. Yeah. And when what the audience saw that the people at home didn't necessarily see, they saw a clip of it and they're aware of what was happening was that Dustin actually, you know, presented himself in the middle of the ring and was was retiring. He was untying his shoes. Yeah. And he had kind of grabbed attention of the audience by doing so. The camera was following Cody mostly out of the ring. So when he had come back in, he had stopped him from potentially retiring prior to that promo. So it was all in one shot for us in the audience. But then you had that moment where he's like wincing in the corner, like he's going to get his ass kicked further. And it was like, it was just the perfect combination of... That was harder than almost everything else. The reception, The ending ending was almost... (laughs) It was was like, after this entire taxing event, you're going to make me cry now? I've been fighting this. (laughs) Okay, I'm embarrassed. I I don't want to do this. And now you're going to make me do this. Yeah. And that's the beauty of amazing storytelling and building a connection with your audience. That right there. I don't want to cry, but you're going to make me do it. (laughs) 
And what's what's more special than that in the sport that we love? It's I find that so endearing, and I'm so thankful that you you shared this story because I know there are so many people out there who will identify that with that exact same moment as their spoonful of sugar. So thanks for sharing that. So for Ashley, yours starts at double or nothing, but uh, not in the same way. So Ashley, what is your spoonful of sugar? I'm so mad because I couldn't sleep last night and I was like preparing what I was going to say for this. <laughs> and I didn't write it down and now I'm like, I'm not going to be able to articulate this the way I want. But um, so my moment starts with John Moxley's debut at Double or Nothing. And I have talked about this on our own podcast. I've probably talked about it with you before. I'll talk about this for the rest of my life. But, um, <laughs> you know, the show ends. Jericho beats Kenny. And everyone's rowdy. There's this adrenaline. We're, we're all on our feet celebrating the end of the show. And, you know, there were rumors that Dean Ambrose or John Moxley may show up. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's, there's nothing really set in stone. And all of a sudden there's this roar of energy that flows through the arena. And you just see this man walking through the crowd. And... Rich nudges me and he goes, hey, uh, it is Dean Ambrose. (laughs) And I was on my feet, fighting back tears, (laughs) losing my mind with the rest of uh, Vegas that night um, because he he did it. He bet on himself. And, you know, now he's in the the PWI is number one, uh, top uh, number one for the year. And for me, that was I was instantly connected to him. I did not like Dean Ambrose. I hated Dean Ambrose. I really did. Uh, it was just <laughs> the way the character was portrayed. Like, I, I couldn't take him seriously. I didn't really like what I was seeing. But John Moxley came out and I was like, you know what? This guy bet on himself. He's here with us. This is my guy. And so that kind of started it. And we, as you had mentioned, you know, we were fortunate enough to go to all of the the first four AEW pay-per-views, Double or Nothing, All Out, Full Gear, Revolution. So we were there for each step of Mox's journey. Um, We were there for his debut. We watched him through the G1 uh, on New Japan World. We were there when he got pulled from the All Out match due to his injury. Uh, We made it for Full Gear. I got to see Mox versus Omega and then, uh, you know, on the Jera Cruise and to finally see him win the win the championship against Jericho at Revolution and that that post match speech he cut of you know we're a team this belts for the fans it's like I know it probably sounds corny like I keep saying but it was like we did this together like he feels like he's a man of the people and just being a part of that journey with him has been really cool and he seems so happy and then right before obviously the the covid situation he he went up and they didn't show this and he goes underneath the tap of the bar and opens up the, yeah he did he laid yeah, on the bar did. and opened the tap and poured it into his mouth at the <laughs> what a guy at the arena <laughs> and i guess because he wanted everybody else to go out there he also wanted to advertise his shirt but yeah. nonetheless he did something that i i would never do he's a brave man that john moxley <laughs> Oh man, I seeing him come in at Double or Nothing and watching that reaction, the excitement, 
I think it started too when he got his official release, uh, you know, from WWE, and he put out that killer video at like 12:01 a.m. <laughs> when he officially could do it, and the prison break, and you know, like barbed wire everywhere, and he's just like embracing his true self and his little pocket knife, and and the whole vibe. Uh, it was so cool. And you just kind of feel like, ah, the guy's free. The guy's back. No more chains. He's just going to be himself. And uh, I yes. think that's probably what made it, like, so endearing for him to come out at Double or Nothing. I mean, this is huge, right? I mean, whether, you know, you like the guy in WWE or not, which sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. I mean, he was in major championship programs. He had the belts. He had several types of belts. He was on top with the Shield in WWE. And to see this guy as John Moxley coming down the stairs to learn nothing to then attack everybody and, and be himself and drop Kenny on the top of those huge coins, right? And to see this whole thing and you're just like, God, this is so cool. <laughs> it was a little like anti-WWE action, which just makes you smile a little bit. <laughs> and it was a little bit of like, I'm myself, I'm free. I'm going to bet on this new company. I believe in them. I believe in me. We're shifting the whole business because that's something I want to be a part of. And that's that whole paradigm shift thing, right? That beautiful, beautiful speech he gave, promo speech, both um, just to draw us all in and say, I was Dean Ambrose. That guy's gone. Now I'm myself. And I'm going to be a part of this brand new company because we're going to change everything. And I feel like they did in a lot of ways. And it's been so cool to see that journey from that debut moment until now. And I feel terrible because this COVID kind of ruined a little bit of his reign for me. So I'm like, oh, it could have been so much better. But that's okay. Because I'm hoping that we'll get back to that a little bit. <laughs> no, I... I completely agree. I think you hit the nail on the head with the the being your true self comment. I think that's really what I resonated with. It felt mm. so authentic. Dean Ambrose didn't feel authentic. Like, I, I couldn't buy into it. And it, clearly, they're two different characters. Like, they're and, and not the same. And the audience paid him the ultimate respect. They which did. Was that by was chanting so cool. John Moxley and not he was for immediately Dean embraced by, as I said myself, but the entire. Arena was like, all right, we're going to see where this it goes. It was his first like, appearance since being let go, his yeah. first appearance since changing his name, and they embraced him for who he wanted to be. And we never looked back. What a beautiful moment that was, too, for so many reasons. But I think that it was beautifully said. Everybody in that audience was excited for him, just as much as they were excited for themselves. <laughs> because yeah, right? here he was about to just run roughshod over everybody. And you know it's going to get crazy. And you know he's going to be doing John Moxley things, <laughs> whatever that might be, or whoever's in that path, you better look out. It felt so intense from the screen. So I can only imagine as you're describing it in person, how cool that roar must have been for his arrival and then his subsequent you know, statement that he made. And I think too, his championship win at Revolution felt like a revolution actually. It felt like, wow, he beat Jericho and he's standing tall. And that beautiful uh, speech he gave afterwards, like you said, Ashley, I think was just, ah, oh, it hit the nail right on the head. And you felt like, yeah, this is my my guy, like you said. It's like my champion. Like, I'm, I'm in here. I'm, I'm with you. And I feel that. And that was like right before everything started to shut down, of course. 
And it was kind of like our last big shining moment in the pre-COVID era. And I mean, what a shot. I mean, how how does it get better? When you put it that way. (laughs) I'm glad that we got it. I'm glad that you got it, too. (laughs) I'm glad we all got that last major pay-per-view. What a pay-per-view that was, by the way, as a side note. That was great. It felt uh, almost and, like a culmination before this whole thing happened. So at least there was kind of like an ending or conclusion to what they were driving for. And at least yeah. he got his win in the audience. That That's the biggest part. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. It it couldn't have come at a more perfect time this year. Uh, yeah, all as things terrible considered. as it has been, it couldn't have come at a better moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it even more special. Because it was that last big hurrah so to speak and we didn't even know so i I appreciate that pay-per-view and that moment and his win even more now looking back at it as we're about to be in september of 2020 this year feels like 10 years but we'll get through it it'll be okay um almost yeah I (laughs) i think it will be all right but the joy that that i share with you with this choice is i've never seen um really anybody in wrestling that has felt more real than him and in my i'd say in my modern era of wrestling fandom there's nobody that i look have looked at and been like yeah i know we like turn our characters up a little bit for tv and like we're playing a character i get that but i feel like it's really just him most of the time (laughs) so i feel like that's so unique he's just kind of being himself and i find that super special and whenever he talks, I just feel like, yeah, like, of course, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. <laughs> You're right, Mox. You're right. <laughs> I just feel so connected to him in that way. He's like, you know, the realest of the real. It makes it so cool. No, absolutely. I mean, we saw him on the the Jarrah cruise. And as we've probably told you, you know, he was the king of karaoke. He had his little karaoke crew and he, he dominated that ship. He, he dominated that. <laughs> And, and, we, and he wasn't in any special treatment. He wasn't in a suite. He was a, a regular guy hanging out with a bunch of them, drinking White Claws. And his eye patch. Like, Can't forget the eye patch. Just like Joey Janela. Oh, the eye patch. <laughs> but it was, he like wore the eye said, patch the whole time. being, of course being himself. Did. Like the man you see on television and the man that we saw just walking around the ship, like th- there was no difference. And I just think that's super cool. I know they play characters, but... Rich says it all the time, reality sells and just being yourself and (laughs) having fun and making a living off of it. I mean, hell yeah. Like, good for Mox. That's the dream right there. (laughs) That's it. I can't imagine as as a performer and a wrestler of that getting any better. (laughs) You do what you love. You get to be a character slash yourself that feels great and, uh, you know, you're over with the crowd. People love you. And even if they hate you because you're a heel, they still love you in the end. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all good things. Oh, what a special episode of Spoonful of Sugar on Cup of Joy. I'm so glad that you brought these uh, out because it's AEW theme uh, episodes for the next couple of weeks because of All Out. So I'm really excited that we got to uh, do that. So I want to thank you for coming and hanging out with me and sharing your stories. And I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you guys and your awesome show that if people don't listen to and they love AEW and they like New Japan and love New Japan like we do, you're going to want to tune in. 
Well, thank you so much for having us. It's always an honor. Um, this was a needed conversation after the uh, antics that occurred in the, the tag team gauntlet this past week. I've been oh boy. been hurting, so it was nice to, to get back and share some positivity here. But we are <laughs> at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, and we are Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Um, probably easier to reach us on social media, but we are going to be covering the Summer Struggle show for New Japan uh, and last week's Dynamite episode um, in the, the coming days. That'll probably be dropping this Sunday or Monday. Not sure when this episode is airing, but uh, we, we do weekly episodes covering AEW and, and New Japan. So check us out if that's something you're into. Well, obviously they will. <laughs> Because this community in WrestleJoy is so great. They love people who bring really pa- uh, really good passion and joy to what they do. And nothing's better than Dojo and Dynamite. You guys know how much I love your show. So I want everybody to go and listen and check them out. Ashley Rich, thank you so much again for coming on. And for everyone listening, I want to thank you for tuning in. And remember to keep your cup of joy full with your girl, the Queen of Any, right here on WrestleJoy. <laughs>